It is Monday, and it's another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Jack Johnson. Is Nelson Velasquez the real deal? It's another great day for Cole Reagans, and I'm going to tell you why Nick Lofton needs to play every day. That's all coming up next on Lockdown Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And you can find us on all those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. And you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. If this is your first episode tuning into Lockdown Royals, well, first of all, uh, welcome in. Uh, we always are excited to gain new subscribers, new listeners. But if you're hearing about me for the first time, well, I'm no different than anybody else. And uh, for those of you listening, I'm just like you. I'm a lifelong Royals fan, but I've turned that fandom into a career path as now I work in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I bring daily content over there. But of course, here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, I bring you Royals content every single day. And even with a team like this, 43 and 96 on the year, we try to make it fun. We try to make it entertaining. So hopefully you will enjoy this 30-minute episode and stay on for the ride because I can't wait for this offseason, not just because it wipes the slate clean for 2023, but I think it's going to be a pretty active offseason because the Royals really do need to be active. And if you listen to my podcast before, you would know that I think this is going to be a much different offseason than in years past. But what I wanted to do today is give some credit to two trade deadline acquisitions. And I, I think that this is one episode I've really been wanting to do for a while. Uh, this is one of those episodes where it feels like it, it can spark some optimism. You know, I can give you some hope for the future. I mean, Cole Reagans has already cemented himself as a guy that is going to be a mainstay in this rotation for years to come. I think I've seen enough at this point. It's not a small sample size. He has truly been the best starter in all of baseball for about the last month and a half. And he's a guy you got at the deadline for a 35-year-old rental that you had on a cheap one-year deal. The other guy, though, that's starting to make some waves, and I think a guy that you can look at, maybe not as a future long-term fit. I'm not going to go as far to say that Nelson Velasquez is you know, going to be a future all-star. He's going to lock down that corner outfield spot for years to come. But how can you not be excited by what you've seen from Nelson Velasquez in a Kansas City Royals uniform. Now, he's not taking the league by storm. He's not doing things that are absolutely extraordinary. And there's a chance that maybe this is all just false hope, that maybe we're buying into something that really doesn't need to be bought into. But I can say this, that what Nelson Velasquez has done in, in 15, 20 games at the Royals is something I didn't even anticipate. Now, when the Royals acquired Nelson Velasquez from the Chicago Cubs, it felt like that was a very much of an upside move. You trade relievers. You always trade guys uh, that are rental guys that you uh, maybe get in the offseason. You trade guys that you just don't feel like are going to be a fit long term. It's the way baseball works. You know, Jose Quas was never going to be a fit in Kansas City. 
And in fact, his numbers weren't great. And the fact the Cubs gave up Nelson Velasquez showed you more that the Cubs had more of a roster crunch than maybe originally thought. Now, Jose Quas, ERA-wise, has been very good for the Cubs. He's sub one. He's also walked 11 guys and 13 innings and struck out only eight. So that kind of feels like a disaster waiting to happen. But Nelson Velasquez in Kansas City is shining, I guess you could say. That power is on full display. And I've, I'm one of the guys that has gone out there and said that this offseason, going out there and acquiring a corner outfield bat, some, some serious power, some serious pop in the middle of the lineup is a necessity. But Nelson Velasquez may be showing you right now, he is that corner outfield bat and you have him for cheap. And he's under club control for a handful of years. I mean, this year, in just 99 plate appearances, 33 games overall, Nelson Velasquez has a WRC plus of 130. He is homered 10 times this year. I mean, to me, that's something where you can feel really good about a trade deadline move, and you can feel good about where Nelson Velasquez fits. I don't think the Royals roll into 2024 giving him that right field spot, but I think he is a fantastic platoon bat. I mean, there is legitimate power in the bat of Nelson Velasquez. He's a big dude. He's got a big frame. And, and no, the outfield defense is not extraordinarily good. It's below average. But I've made the comparison. I made this comparison when the Royals acquired him. He is Edward Olivares with more power. Now, it's kind of funny to say because Olivares also homered twice today in a route of the Chicago White Sox. But I've been impressed. And I think the Royals at this trade deadline have acquired more talent than they had combined in the last four to five years. And that should give you some confidence when looking at a guy like J.J. Piccolo. You know, J.J. Piccolo made these moves. He acquired Cole Reagans. He flipped Jose Quas for a guy like Nelson Velasquez, who's homered seven times since joining the Royals. And they aren't cheapies. His very first bat for the Royals. He homered against St. Louis. He homered off Adam Wainwright. And yeah, he's had a slump here or there, but he hasn't played every single day. Maybe Nelson Velasquez with you know, 450 plate appearances can run into 25 to 30 home runs. I'm sure that's something the Royals want to find out, and maybe they do in 2024. But for what you gave up, two relievers, and you get you get Nelson Velasquez and you get a guy like Cole Reagans in return, as well as a throw-in lottery ticket like Roni Cabrera, now, that's a serious haul. I mean, Cole Reagans is looking like a future multiple-time All-Star. Nelson Velasquez, maybe if you want to dream a little bit, could be a home run derby participant. Who knows? You never know. Some guys appear in those things just because they've got a really good first half. They get really hot in the first half. But I did find this interesting on Baseball Savant, that you can always take some numbers. You know, you can take a barrel percentage, chase rate, uh, the isolated power numbers and make comparisons. One guy that popped up in Nelson Velasquez comparisons was 2022 Jorge Soler. Now, I'm not just saying that because Soler was a Cub before he came over to Kansas City and Nelson Velasquez, the same thing, and they've got a lot of power. But I think there are a little bit of a similar traits here. Now, I will say this. If Nelson Velasquez is ever going to be an everyday player, that walk rate has to seriously increase. 
which he hasn't done a lot of, even going back to the minor league level. You know, in AAA this year with the Cubs, his walk rate was under 10%. The only time he's had a double-digit percentage in walk rate was 2022 at AA at the age of 23, where it was 14.9. And his very first year in professional ball at the rookie level with the Cubs when he had a 12% walk rate. But typically, he's hanging around 6 7%. And maybe in the end, that's fine for a guy that can run into 25 or 30 home runs. But that's what we saw with Jorge Soler in, in 2019 with Kansas City. When he had uh, what did it end up being, 46 home runs, you know, 48 home runs. You know, he really improved his approach at the plate. He spit on a lot of pitches that guys were getting him to chase at at the beginning part of his career. That, to me, is going to be the next step for Nelson Velasquez. Everybody knows he can hammer punishments. Now, he can crush a hanging breaking ball. He did today against Chicago. He got a hanging curveball middle of the zone, hit it 109 miles per hour right in front of the Royals Hall of Fame. You can punish those mistakes. But then it turns into what can you do with a pitch that is well located? You know, we we know about that in baseball. You'll hear on the broadcast if a guy gets a home run, but, you know, hits the location, fastball low and away, but you crush it out to right field, you say, there's nothing you can do about that. You just tip your cap. That, to me, is the next step for Nelson Velasquez. You know, hitting the good pitches, not just punishing the mistakes. And if that walk rate improves, then you do have a future DH or a future corner outfield bat. It's a nice acquisition. I mean, you gave up Jose Quas. Even if Jose Quas finishes with a really good year in Chicago, you trade relievers. They're expendable. You should have traded Carlos Hernandez. You're seeing that it's kind of biting you in the butt in the second half. But at least we feel like with this trade deadline, you get Cole Reagans and Nelson Velasquez both under club control for a long time, and they're shiny in Kansas City. Feels like for the first time in five years, the Royals have made some serious noise at the trade deadline. And they get it done in a route today of the, over the Chicago White Sox, 12-1 to behind a brilliant start from Cole Reagans. And we are going to dive into him next. Is it time to maybe give him the number one spot in the rotation? I was asked this on Twitter. I'm going to give you my thoughts next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we talk about Cole Reagans and yet another dominant start from the left-hander, let's give a shout out to one of today's title sponsors in Nutrafol. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off on your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-E-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Slash men and enter the promo code locked on MLB. That's neutralfold.com slash men promo code locked on MLB. It was just another day for Cole Reagan's on the bump against the Chicago White Sox. Now, going into Monday afternoon, a Labor Day Monday here in Kansas City, now coming off a series loss to the Boston Red Sox, the Royals came into Monday with the worst record in all of baseball after the A's surpassed them following their sweep of the Los Angeles Angels, but you just knew going into the game, the Royals were going to win. And that has not been said many times in 2023 
to go into a baseball game with these Royals and expect to win, I do now with Cole Reagans. And I don't expect it to be a, a shaky, you know, five to four win. You know, you're playing a bad opponent. I expect Cole Reagans to dominate. I expect him to shove. Now, in his last start, the Royals didn't win, but I went into that game expecting them to. And if it wasn't for a bullpen collapse, they would have won that game. But against a really bad Chicago team, and maybe we need to dedicate a, a podcast this offseason comparing these two organizations, because I would not want to be a fan of the Chicago White Sox right now. That is just a disastrous team. Not just because of today. I mean, baseball, sometimes you just don't have it. I mean, the Royals hammered the Red Sox on Friday night and then were pounded on Saturday and on Sunday. That can happen. And that could happen the next two games of this series. But Cole Reagans went into today just on another mission. And he had a career high 22 swings and misses. That is sixth most in Royals franchise history for swings and misses and a start. 22 from Cole Reagans today, seven punch outs, no walks, one hit. He had two base runners. None of them got to second base. He didn't deal with a single runner in scoring position today. It's just bonker stuff at this point. 21 consecutive scoreless innings. That's the longest streak by a Royals pitcher since Wade Davis, who, as we all know, was a setup man slash closer. What Cole Reagans is doing right now is ridiculous. And it is wild to think that the best trade deadline acquisition by any team, by a mile, was a team who has the worst record in all of baseball. That's where the Royals are at right now. They are a team that won the trade deadline. Despite being overall a really bad team, win-loss-wise, really bad, they acquired some serious talent. And even if none of these other guys pan out to be much, Nelson Velasquez doesn't pan out to be much, Roni Cabrera doesn't pan out to be much, Henry Williams, Jesus Rios, Devin Mann, Derlin Figueroa, if none of those guys turn out to be much, but Cole Reagans becomes a stud, it's worth it. If he becomes a multiple-time All-Star, it's worth it. Because trades like that don't always pump out players like Cole Reagans. I mean, his ERA is down to 1.51 in a Royals uniform. You are witnessing something that we have not seen since Zach Greinke in his 2009 year. I don't remember a pitcher being this dominant for this amount of starts. I mean, you've seen some good starts, some good runs, but it's not what Cole Ray or what Cole Reagans is doing is completely different from what every other start I've seen, even in the last 10 years. I mean, James Shields had some really good outings. He had some really good stretches in 14 or 13 and 14. Edinson Volquez Ventura had really good starts in 14 and 15, good stretches there. It just feels different. I haven't felt this way about a starter since probably 2016, Danny Duffy. I think that's where I need to put my expectation. You know, I don't want to completely surpass Danny Duffy because 2016, Danny Duffy was really damn good. A lot of you will say, I don't remember feeling like this about a pitcher since Jordano Ventura, the late Jordano Ventura. And I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, you've got a lefty right now with triple digit stuff a power slider, a power changeup, a great cutter to go alongside it, and a great curveball. Everything works for him. And it's hilarious to me 
because I remember attending Cole Reagan's first start in Kansas City. And I was so caught off guard sitting behind home plate when his first pitch of the game registered at 99. I said, who is this guy? This is not the guy the Royals acquired from Texas. And he got through that start, I thought, just fine. You know, five innings. I think it was a two runs allowed. Only walked two guys. And in my Twitter comments, and you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. I had somebody tell me, it does not matter how hard you throw ball for. Two walks for Cole Reagans in his Royals debut, and people were concerned about his command. Well, I'll tell you this. In his last four starts, that is carried on his scoreless inning streak at 21. His last four starts, Cole Reagans has struck out 36 and walked three. So much for doesn't matter how hard you throw ball for because, oh, that's right, he doesn't walk many guys. He strikes out a hell of a lot more, and if he walks anybody, it's usually about one or two guys. His stuff is too good. His spin rate is ridiculous. It is a true ace of this staff. Now, I've already made it very clear about this offseason. I want the Royals to go out there and sign somebody to alleviate that pressure, alleviate the expectations, because I don't want Cole Reagans going into this offseason having the weight of the world on him. I mean, I don't want Cole Reagans worrying about all offseason, all of spring training. I'm the guy. I'm the number one. My face is going to be on, on a giant banner outside Kauffman Stadium. They're going to dub it Reagan's Day, just like they did with Singer Day and Granky Day and Shields Day, Ventura Day. Having that expectation after pitching just one half, one third of a season, that's a lot. And the Royals rotation can get a lot better. That's the good thing here. You actually have a true number one that you're grooming to be a number one. Brady Singer was never a number one. If you want to keep Brady Singer this year, he's only, what, a year older than, than Cole Reagans? Okay, if you want to continue to build that rotation, give Brady Singer a full offseason, no WBC this time around, then okay. If you don't want to trade him, you don't feel like his values is high, then you got Reagans and Singer. Go out there and get yourself a number one. I feel good about the first three guys in the rotation. Battle it out for four and five. I mean, if it's Alec Marsh or Daniel Lynch, okay. Three really solid guys in the rotation, I can live with it. But everybody knows, and everybody will know in 2024, your number one you sign in the offseason isn't better than Cole Reagans. And Brady Singer is not better than Cole Reagans. Cole Reagans is better than 90% right now. Better than 90% of pitchers in the American League. Just the version he is. Not overall, it's just I'm saying in the stretch that he's in, you could argue he is the best pitcher in baseball right now. Now, I would say, you know, Blake Snell still got him beat for the stretch that he's had over a longer period of time. But there could be some fans that say, right now I take Cole Reagans because of the pure power stuff. I mean, he hit 100 miles an hour in the first inning. He's hit 96 in the sixth. And the Royals and Matt Cotrero could have sent him back out for the seventh. But you're dominating. You're up by double digits. Just let him rest. I have just been blown away from what I've seen from Cole Reagans. He is one of, I would say, three bright spots this year. One of three. Reagans, Bobby Wood Jr., Michael Garcia, who is now looking much better after healing up from that upper body soreness that he was dealing with. Three bright spots. And an otherwise terrible year, those are three guys. 
that are not just good for the Royals. They would be good anywhere. They would start on any other team. Garcia, Bobby Wood Jr., and Cole Reagans, those are three studs that you have on your team. And if that's the only thing you bring away from 2023, so be it. I'm excited to see where those guys go in 2024. To wrap up the show, I want to talk about another guy who might find his name on the 2024 opening day roster. I was wildly impressed with his debut, and I've been wildly impressed with him through the first four games. That's Nick Lofton. We're going to talk about him next on Locked on Royals. You are tuned into Locked on Royals on the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And find us on wherever you watch or listen to all of your podcasts. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, or you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Before we talk about Nick Lofton and the great weekend he had against Boston and another great day he had in the series opener against the Chicago White Sox, let's give a shout out to our other sponsor today in Sleeper. Now, playoff baseball is right around the corner. And my fantasy team is doing just fine, but it can get just a little bit better with some picks I'm going to make. And I am going to make some picks for tomorrow night's game against the Kansas City Royals. We'll probably have a couple more to add in, but not Royals-based in tomorrow's episode. But let's look ahead to this game against the White Sox. Dylan Sees against Brady Singer. With my first pick, I will go over five and a half strikeouts for Brady Singer. Uh, This is a White Sox lineup that's got a lot of power, got a lot of star power and talent, but they swing and miss a lot. Cole Reagan's exposed them of that. No, Colin Snyder, not really today, but Steven Cruz got a punch out. This is a group you can strike out a lot. And to me, Brady Singer can have one of those starts at home, kind of like he did against Seattle, where he's got that strikeout number going. So give me over five and a half strikeouts for Brady Singer. And as for my offensive player, I think I'm going to go with the guy we're about to talk about, Nick Lofton. I will take over 0.5 hits, just one hit in this game for Nick Lofton. Uh, He's had a pair of multi-hit games. He's crushing the ball as OPS as well, over 1.3. It's been a great start. And I'm really buying into Nick Lofton, and he needs to play every single day in Kansas City. So those are my two picks for my fantasy baseball team on Sleeper. Now, with Sleeper, like I said, the MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is right now with studs like Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Shohei Otani. Pick more or less on stats for these stars like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more for up to 100 times the payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big with Sleeper. So there's a reason I feel pretty confident about Nick Lofton, and the reason I'm going to roll with him to get a hit tomorrow night, assuming he plays. Nick Lofton is going to find himself in a lot of Royals games next year. And I thought it was interesting on the Royals broadcast today, if you watch the game or if you listen, maybe they sit on the radio broadcast. But one comp they continue to use for Nick Lofton in the organization is Whit Merrifield. Now, I said before Nick Lofton debuted that he is very Whit Merrifield-like with more power. Now, Whit Merrifield had that one year, I want to say in 2017, where he almost ran into 20 home runs. That, to me, is like the ceiling for Nick Lofton. That year for Whit Merrifield, which was a very good year for Whit, that, to me, would be the ceiling, which is just fine. If Nick Lofton can be Whit Merrifield, You know how valuable that would be for this competitive window? You know, I know Nick Lofton's a first-round pick and Whit Merrifield fell a little bit in the draft. But Whit Merrifield was a superstar in Kansas City for a handful of years. 
it just ended poorly. But overall, that was a guy that was very consistent. If Nick Lofton can become that, you have hit a home run with that first-round pick. But Nick Lofton shined, man. I mean, I thought his approach at the plate against Boston and his debut, yes, it was a route. It was a dominant performance. But you would be lying if you thought there weren't any nerves for Nick Lofton in that debut just because the team was up by a lot. He wanted to perform, and he performed really well. I was surprised they DH'd him in the first game. I thought he played a great third base today with Bobby Wood Jr. on the bench and Michael Garcia shifting over to short. We've seen him play second base. He can move around, which is why it should be a no-brainer. Nick Lofton's got to play every single day. If he can play the outfield and every spot in the infield, put him anywhere. He's a super utility guy. And so far, uh, he is somebody that I've just been pretty starstruck by. I was a big fan of Nick Lofton. When he made his way to AAA Omaha, I always thought the numbers translated pretty well. And, and I'm not going to completely overreact to a guy that has only played in, what, three big league games? But I will say in those three big league games, he's done, done more than a lot of rookies have that have been called up to Kansas City that have looked completely overmatched in their first couple of games. I mean, he went two for three with a double and a walk and an RBI in that debut against Boston. And since then... He's just continued to rake. I mean, he has been somebody that I have been so high on, so excited to see. And since getting called up, he's done what I expected him to do. I mean, this is a first-round pick. This is not some, you know, 10th or 11th round uh, journeyman. This is not a project. This is a guy that has first-round talent. And we saw that at Kauffman Stadium against the Red Sox, and we saw it today against the White Sox. There should be no reason that Nick Lofton is playing behind Matt Beatty or Matt Duffy. I mean, he's had 10 at-bats so far. His OPS is 1.383. He's hitting 500. He has two extra base hits. He's hit safely in all three games he's played, and he's already got three RBIs and two walks. I mean, that to me is more than you should be asking for. Now, of course, those numbers are going to drop a little bit, but if you're not excited about Nick Lofton, I really don't know what to tell you. This is a guy that can fit into the future of this team. He's still just 24 years old. He's going to turn 25 at the end of the month. And you've got a guy that can be your super utility. Now, coming off the bench next year. I mean, if you ever wanted to move on from a Drew Waters, a Kyle Isbell, or a Michael Massey, or an MJ Melendez, Nick Lofton can fill that spot. I was really shocked that it took this long for him to get up to Kansas City. I know there were some injury concerns. At the end of the day, though, I'm just happy he's here. I'm happy he's one of the September call-ups. If there's some way the Royals can squeeze Tyler Gentry onto this roster in the final weeks, I would be ecstatic. But if not, then Nick Lofton needs to be playing every single day. That's the benefit of having a super utility guy. You have a super utility guy, you can put him at short. You can put him at third, second, first, left, center, right. I mean, what spot can he not play? And if he can play all around the diamond, somebody else needs a day off. Now, Bobby Wood Jr. needed the day off. It was great. You put Lofton at third, Garcia at short. Massey needs a day off tomorrow against Dylan Seas. Play him at second. You know, Edward Olivares has been hot, but if he needs a day off, put him in left. Drew Waters needs a day off. He had a multi-head game today. Put him in center. Now, Melendez, he's been hot as well. Do you want to take him out of the lineup? I wouldn't. And the unfortunate thing right now is the Royals have a first base problem. You're playing Salvador Perez there, Matt Beatty, and Matt Duffy. Nobody really wants to see Duffy and Beatty on the roster anymore, but the reality is they're the bench players. 
Nick Lofton should not be one of those bench players. He should be a guy the Royals are trying to find at bats for every single day. You know, I'm excited to see what's in store for Nick Lofton this offseason. I'm excited to go in spring training with the expectation that he's making this opening day roster. I promise you I'm not trying to overreact to 10 ABs, but it's more so of the approach and how hard he was hitting the ball. I mean, it kind of reminds me of when Michael Garcia was called up this year, the very beginning part of the season. When he came up, he was smoking the ball. And I said, that's going to be a guy that's going to be just fine by the end of the year. And lo and behold, Michael Garcia has been really good. He's been great for this lineup. I think Nick Lofton could be as valuable as a guy like Michael Garcia. Maybe not defensively, but at the plate, I would put that expectation on the former first-round pick out of the University of Baylor. That is going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And find us on all those podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. But until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.